Hello and welcome to From the Rookery End. Thanks for downloading the podcast. This is podcast number 10. We've made it into double figures, which is absolutely astonishing, especially when I look at John. Um, but yeah, podcast 10. And we've got uh, a lot to talk about, as per usual. We, we certainly do. And on this podcast, you can hear our big interview with Danny Graham and Adrian Mariafa. Double trouble. Oh, absolutely. Double bubble. You'll also hear when we met up with Watford ladies captain, Corey Daniels, and we've got a special song for Lee Hodgson. Plus, we've got the inside track on Danny Graham's latest non-football venture. And there's plenty of football to talk about from the last month of Watford football. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not Jason Knight. Who is that man? Well, I'd like to introduce you to my younger, more handsome, more hairy brother... This is Andy, everybody. Hello, Andy. Hello, everybody. Uh, Jason is on a stand in Prague. Yeah. Probably, oh, it's a Friday night. He's probably been there a couple of hours, so probably heavily leathered um, and not talking. But don't worry. It's going to be a great podcast. By the way, am I... If you hear Andy in the next podcast, then probably worry. <laughs> so I'm, ba- I'm basically doing this podcast the Chuckle Brothers. Is that okay? Fine, yeah. So that's what you want to call us, then Soviet. To, to me. To you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> A podcast by Watford fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. Finally, we're back in our what well, I think the, from the rookery end spiritual home. Absolutely, where it all began. The Railway Arms Pub, just across the road from Bushy Train Station. We've had uh, we've been away to the to Cardiff. Yep. And we've been to the hospitality suites. We've been to uh, Three Counties Studio in yes. uh, Luton. <laughs> but we're back. And we're ready for podcast 10. It's good to be back. My name's John. With me is Mike. Hello, everybody. And as we've said, for a one-off, for now... Yeah, uh, is, depending is, on how he performs. Absolutely. On a trial basis. <laughs> it's a week's trial. Is Mike's brother, Andy. Hello, everybody. So we're... we're Very back. deep voice, isn't it? <laughs> we are all season ticket holders in the Rookery End at Vicarage Road. And uh, these podcasts are basically our take on life as a Watford fan. Ended on a slight downer, didn't we, last time? We'd seen us trounced... Well, at home to Bristol City. Well, we've gone from a high in January, amazing month in January, a depressive month in February, to what I would call a, a medium month in March. How's, how's, how's it been for you, Andy? Mixed, I think, isn't it? We've had a couple of draws, a couple of really good wins, just the one defeat. But um, so realist, realistically, it's not, not a bad month at all, really. I, mean, I, I think coming, but coming off the month that we'd had, when we were quite despondent, were we were quite depressed. I was quite drunk after that Bristol City game, <laughs> so I managed to forget a lot of it. But looking at the results we've had since then, we've drawn with Doncaster and Swansea away from home, which good results. Yeah. Uh, but I think the home wins have been really, really good wins. We've been beating Millwall and Sheffield United at home, which have been, which were really good wins. And then we followed that up with an away win at Ipswich. So what a fantastic result that was! It's weird, like that. The whole thing of like, are we positive? You know, we could have, you could be more positive about January. You could be less negative. Uh, more negative about February, um, and this is yeah, this is you know, it's almost like this is the middle ground. This is a, a drawn, a drawn month almost. I some wins and losses and some. I think we should. It's, it's been a good. Oh yeah, yeah, good. I, I mean, comparative, comparatively, yeah, comparatively, it's yeah. a middle month. But for expectation-wise and for what yeah. we achieved, it's brilliant. Eleven points out of those those um, six games is uh, a, a really good return. I think the good thing about that last little packet of game, package of games is that we've shown against Millwall we had to be quite gritty and determined to win mm. and really ground out that win 
and then we've got uh, and again away at Swansea we had to be quite tough there I think they'd only conceded seven goals or something like yes. that before we went there which is extraordinary this stage of the season and we got one and we got a, a point there which I certainly didn't have us down to get and then we had two absolutely fantastic wins admittedly helped by Sheffield United's ill discipline but the good thing um, was even though you say yes did we, won, we won that Sheffield United game off the fact that they had two sent off we won that Ipswich game well exactly that's what I was going to say so we've had two two really nugget performances followed up by two sort of quite performances with both a bit of flourish if you like so it's been a real it's been a sort of it almost encapsulates our season, really, but really, really, really positive. Uh, feel really, really positive about it. Well, we haven't. You say Jason isn't here for the podcast, but don't worry. Uh, we still have his input. We have Robo Jason. Yeah, this is the, the 21st century. Absolutely, and uh, so we can we can welcome. Well, so um, I, I, Jason. <laughs> yeah, I, Jason. So we say uh, say uh, so. Hi, Jason. Hello there. You're all right. Um, so what, what, what do you think about the, the podcast that we've got coming up with our Danny Graham interview and our interview with the Watford ladies captain? This is going to be a great podcast. And, uh, and certainly it certainly will be. And, and how do you feel about the club so far? I love Watford. Well, lads, I, th- I, think, that, I think Jason summed it up perfectly there. Let's crack on. A podcast by Watford fans for Watford fans. From the rookery end. Okay, let's, uh, let's take our first visit to get the points of view of, of Robo Jason. So we've reached Melky's magical 52 points for championship survival, and we've still got eight games to go, four points off the playoffs. So how do you want the rest of the season to go? Uh, of course, uh, we want to be in the playoffs, don't we? Don't we? Uh, I'd love to see us back in the Premiership next year. Wouldn't it be great? Particularly if QPR are going to be there. We, we all know a few QPR fans and... It'd be nice to be out there with those guys, wouldn't it? Rather than watching them lord it over us for, for a season or two. It'd be great to be involved. Those end-of-season games, they're still fresh in the, the, the memory, the, the wins against Bolton and Leeds. Uh, OK, the memories of Hull are still lingering there, those bad memories. We want to get rid of those. We want to expel those to the back of our mind and replace it with uh, another story of success. If we can get that momentum, then maybe we can make it. I'm a bit worried it could be difficult, but it's in our hands. Look at the games we've got left. We've got Norwich to play. We've got Leeds to play. We've got Hull to play. We've got Leicester. If we beat those guys, then that's them dropping points and maybe we could sneak in there. That's my thoughts. That's what I want to happen. What about you boys in the pub? What do you want to happen in those final eight games this season? Very apt to be hearing from Robo Jason on the day that the iPad 2 is released. I don't know if there'll be quite as many people queuing up for a Robo Jason than there were for an iPad 2, but also here in this podcast, you never know. No, but he, he's right about what, you know, what... two Robo Jasons, please. What's the battery life like? Nil when he gets back from bloody Prague. I how are you feeling? Jason wants playoffs. For the, you know, he wants to keep going for that. How are you feeling about it, Andy? How are you feeling about the rest of the season? Yeah, I'm sort of in agreement with Jason, really. I think, um, you know, why not? You know, if, if, if we carry on playing like, like we're playing, we talked about the points we've accrued over the last six games. I think if we keep on playing like we are, then why not? I mean, it's a bit... It's a, I don't expect us to go up, necessarily, but why not go into the playoffs, have an extra couple of games, it's a good day and away, uh, and usually it's pretty good games as well. So I'll tell you why not, because the sheer horror <laughs> of playoff games is a, my overriding mem- uh, remember, memory 
of uh, playoff games is settling down to watch them, thinking, thank God, Watford aren't involved in this. <laughs> I just, and I always take great pleasure in thinking about those poor football fans sitting down, watching their team, trying, to, you know, their whole season coming down to a couple of games. God, it's just the, the horror of it, the terror. Uh, I think Andy's absolutely right. I think why not sums up. That's just your intent not to enjoy things. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was a mistake, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, he knows a lot more about you than we, we certainly do. But for me, though, I, I get... I, I, I'm not saying that we shouldn't go into win and we shouldn't push for the playoffs. But personally, I don't, I don't want the playoffs. Because if we lose them, then what has been an amazing season, above expectations... We beat, we're, we're better than last year, we are progressing as a football team. What, what do you want? Um, I, want, I, want I want a top 10 finish. That's what I want, minimum. And if we got, if finishing we got the playoffs, in the playoffs would be a top 10 finish. But we have achieved your goal. But, but here we go. If we got in the playoffs yeah. and we don't go up, then yeah. we finish on a low. Yeah, but if, at, if we get in the playoffs and we win, then I'm going to go, you know what, next year... We're going to have a, not the major season because we're going to the Premier League and we're not going to win as many games as we did this oh, year. Right, John, so we're going for a negativity. Our last two games of the season were at home to QPR. Could well be having a promotion party. Yeah. And away at Preston, could well be having a relegation party. <laughs> we could feasibly lose those two games. So we'd have lost our last two games of the season. If we lost our two playoff games, what's the difference? We're, I, but to say that the, the prospect for next year is all good. Well, it still would be if we're in the, in the playoffs. I think I think Andy made a really good point. Why not? Why not? You've just got to you've, you've got to go out to win every game, and obviously, yeah. obviously, we'll do that. Um, I think you're you're uh, what will happen next year if we go up. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I think you know, like I say we're a better team this season. We're better than last season. I think next season we're better again. And then I, I tell you what, we'll what, what for the football club, with sixty million quid in the bank, would be a better, better we'll be better off than yeah. we are now. Even if we did lose every game, yeah. all right, be miserable as fans, but all right. Yeah, so we take long-term stability. I think yeah. we're probably we're probably getting ahead of ourselves in terms of. I think John yeah, yeah, yeah. John has got a point in as much as saying we, we sat around in this very pub at the start of the season talking about what might happen, and relegation was certainly mentioned more often than playoffs or promotion. So to have achieved what we have this season already is brilliant and I guess what John what you're saying is if we, we use this as a base yeah. let's t- let's take what we've got yeah. regroup in the summer and hopefully come back stronger I don't disagree with that but with the question of do you want the, <laughs> do you want the playoffs then yeah why not I think as a fan you can't apart from the as I said the sheer horror terror and well, there's a bit of fear that's <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you although having said that did you know when we went up last time under Boothwood we were the first team to go through the playoffs without conceding a goal. Oh, really? Yeah, to get promoted through the playoffs without conceding a goal. They are definitely, they're definitely goal machines. And, and Jason's right, if you look at that a list of games you've got left, Coventry, Hull, Norwich, Leeds, Barnsley, Leicester, QPR and Preston. You know, if we do win Norwich, we do win Leicester, and we do win um, against Leeds, you know, we would be up there. They'd lose points, we'd gain points, and all that sort of... Good things are going on. QPR might be all the up time we get to them. That's another possible win. Look, we're we're definitely not out by by any stretch of the imagination. I think the Middlesbrough game, I wasn't there, um, but the Middlesbrough game, by all accounts, was the first time in a little while that we that we haven't been fully at the races. Wobble wobble. Wobble wobble. Yeah, this is what we expect. But but um, 
you know, we've earned the right to do that. I think it's still a young team. As we're, we're suffering from injuries. Mariapa got, got sent off. That's amazing. That's unbelievable. Dirty maps. But the, the, his first yellow, it's two yellows. See, you can't fancy yellow. him now, Leanne. Look at him. Look at his disappearing. <laughs> yeah, all for, new, for new listeners. Like, yeah, go on. For new listeners, my girlfriend has got a horrendous crush. But now, he's a, now he's a bad boy. She might <laughs> like him even more. Yeah, probably right. But the bad boys things are going round in my head. <laughs> um, but yeah, still, still, you know, we're still coming to terms with a lot of injuries. The suspensions are kicking in, so to lose away at Middlesbrough, I don't think it's any any big deal. Um, had a great season, and there, but there's winnable games coming up. Um, it's basically we've all got a smile on our face tonight, and I think every Watford fan should have a smile on their face for the rest of the season, whatever happens, really. Even me. The young defender. He wears the number two Plays in positions That others just won't do Despite his size, he's hard as nails He makes sure the striker fails Back on track A right back Lee Hodgson Plays with fearless desire Lee Hodgson Got clouded by Hendo Lee Hodgson But he's on the mend Lee Hodgson But Scott Lodge have enough Lee Hodgson Got an international cap Lee Hodgson Not scared of a hit Lee Hodgson Cause you better believe it Email the boys, podcast at fromtherookeryend.com. So we've got special guests alongside us today, my brother Andy. Jason is off drinking lots of Eastern European beer in Prague. Yeah, good luck, Jason. Happy taste. Yeah, absolutely. Now, obviously, I know Andy, he's my brother. <laughs> yeah, hopefully and, you do. And actually, probably a lot of you listening will recognise Andy. Andy, are you going to come clean as to why people might know who you are? Well, I'm uh, likened to Danny Dyer very often. You might have seen me in a pub and asked for a photo, which uh, happens, happens quite frequently to my annoyance. Um, but, uh, no, Anything I'm, at Brickwood Road? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm just trying to think. But there is one standout memory, and that is you may have seen me uh, miss a penalty the Middlesbrough game. Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Which was uh, all planned, obviously, um, for comedy effect. Yeah. Tell us about that moment. There you were, in front of the referee end. Well, not just not just in front of your own home supporters. Ball on the spot. Only the goalie to beat. 500 quid in the line yeah. and we'd agreed to split any winnings yeah, I, know. I wasn't worried about the money what was going through your mind what was going through your mind I tell you what I've got a lot of respect for people who step up and take a penalty I'll tell you that because no matter what you what you say it is nerve and I'm not actually I do play football and I, I haven't taken a penalty in a competitive match ever <laughs> and uh, there I was yeah, yeah as it showed but uh you know, I tell you what, it is nerve-wracking, and it would have been my dream to score that goal. And I didn't—I wasn't worried about the 500 quid. It was about scoring at the Vicarage Road. Not many fans get that opportunity. But you missed it. Uh, and you missed it. What, what went wrong? 
Well, I tell you what, those balls are very, very <laughs> light. Yeah, John Eustace very will, will agree with that. I think the way he's been firing them in recently, very light. So, have you got any other happier memories, Andy, of Watford? What's your, what's your happiest memories of Watford? No, I, I mean I've heard you guys, um, you know, in previous uh, podcasts, you talked about your favourite away game. And one of my happiest memories as a Watford fan was Birmingham uh, away wow. in the uh, semi-final uh, playoff, playoff semi-final, um, which was brilliant. And, and, and that was such a great game. And, uh, you know, having uh, Adebola scoring in the first minute and then the penalty shootout, and I remember vividly... Robbo was uh, Paul Robinson was uh, suspended uh, uh, for that game, but he came into the, he was in the away end and uh, he was literally on people's shoulders. He, he was being cheered down the gangway, and uh, that, that that was brilliant, 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 brilliant moment. Um, but I, I've had lots of brilliant moments. And then, of course, the most recent best memory featuring on from the rookery end. <laughs> Absolutely, it has been an honour. <laughs> a privilege. I wish we could say the same. Jason, <laughs> get back safe. <laughs> but let's get back to the chat. Robo Jace, what should we talk about next? So we've got used to relying on low knees at Watford, but in the last month we've seen several starting 11s made up entirely of Watford-owned players. Who'd have imagined that earlier in the season? So guys, have any of the Watford players who've been in action in that last month stood out for you there's a couple of names I'd like to mention first one and probably no surprises for you guys is that I'm going to go with Troy Deeney he's had a bit of stick at the start of the season he probably expected to be playing more games I doubt many of us would have expected Marvin Sordell to be such a key man in the side but now Troy's getting a run in the team out of position but he's he's been playing well out of position he, he's been playing some good football I think we all know he works hard I think we've seen that uh, and that hard work is starting to play off, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's coincidence that he's he's come back into the team and he's playing well, and we're starting to to go on a good run. Okay, we had the defeat Middlesbrough at the weekend, but before that, we started to win a few games when we'd been on that on that tough run where we weren't picking up many points. So it's pleasing to see Deeney working hard and getting his reward. The other guy I want to talk about is Adam Thompson. We all know we're missing Andrew Taylor since he's gone back. Oh, would you believe it? He scores against us at the weekend, only his second professional goal ever. We remember the first one very well. And that defence has had a, taken a bit of a battering recently. Uh, in particular, I think Lee Hodson. He's been played at left-back whilst Dolly is injured and, he, and he's struggled recently. He's been getting a lot of stick from the, from the crowd. Uh, a bit harsh, I think, uh, Adam's come in playing at right back with Lee at left back and, and I think he's done really well. He looks so confident and he, he looks like he wants the ball and I think he's a really exciting prospect for the future, as, as exciting as right backs can be. I think he struggled on Saturday so again maybe we, we've reached that point where he needs a bit of a rest. But I like him. I, I, again, I think he's a, he's a good one to, to hold on to. And of course he missed out on an award at the Football League Awards on Sunday, the Apprentice of the Year Award. He went from academy to making his first team debut, signing professional contract, that international call-up, a run in the side. What progress is that? That's fantastic for a champ- at a championship club for a young lad. I felt sorry for him. I, I didn't think that Conor Wickham deserved the award. But hey-ho, there we go. It's not, uh, not up to me. So, um, guys, what do you think? So, I, I think Jason's got a new crush on Troy Deeney. Yeah. <laughs> So Andy, who's been impressing, impressing you in that all Watford 11? 
obviously, uh, Jace's mentioned his... Um, Robo Jace. Robo Jace, sorry. Uh, he seemed to be uh, mistress, mistress uh, Troy Deanery. Troy Deany. And he has got an enormous face. An enormous flat face. Extraordinary. It's just been a, a good team effort in terms of um, you know coming together, people filling in, Lee Hodson... He's filled in at left back. He's, a, he's an 18, 19 year old kid asking to fill in at left back. I think, you know, he's got a bit of grief as well. He was getting fans. some real sick too much grief. Especially that, that, me around too about much that Bristol City game at the time of the last podcast. He was getting a lot of stick. Yeah, too much for my, for my liking. And, you know, I think that's unfair. Because he's, he's doing a job filling in. It's, it's different when Lloyd fills in at left back. You know, he's, although he's, he's not old, he's experienced and um, can do a job. But Lee, you know, and, and he is obviously uncomfortable there, but hand, hold your hands up, he's, he's actually willing to get out there and, and do a job, and um, you know, fair play to him. So, having said that, no, no one stands out, I'd say, you know, fair play to Lee, he's, he's, he's done a good job, and um, he's made his mistakes, but yeah, I think it's a real credit, a real, real. Because people say, you know, you should be able to play anywhere on the pitch. You know, if you're at work and you're asked to do something completely different to what you're used to, you know, you would wobble. And he's young. He's young. I mean, we can't keep using that as an excuse, but he's taking some real stick. And he's stuck with it. There's nowhere to hide back there. Um, And he's done really well. And I think one of the other guys who's impressed is... um, Adam Thompson. Yeah. Jason, yeah. Jason, 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 Jason mentioned Adam. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I don't listen to Rose. No, he has, he has, he has done well. He's you know, his, his attitude shows. Yeah, Adam you could see you know, the, the joy that, that filled that guy when he scored that equaliser against yeah. Preston was, yeah. was, was great. And he, and he didn't could, look good though, he ran out with his tongue hanging out. You're thinking, you've got to do some sort of Your first ever professional goal. Excuse me for this, Lloyd, but admittedly, you just stood there and looked. You know, like you didn't know what the hell yeah. was going on. What do you do when you what scored happened? your first goal, then, boys? What would your celebration be? I, do, I, I skid on my knees. I skid on my knees. Skid on my knees, Andy. What I did. did. Uh, it's quite embarrassing, but I remember a school match. Yeah. Um, I uh, scored, scored a goal, and there was uh, five, maybe six people sat on the touchline <laughs> watching the game, and I uh, ran back. They were on about the halfway line. I ran back. And dove over them. <laughs> dove over the spectators. What over their heads or onto their laps? No, over their over their heads. Good. <laughs> uh, I don't think they're even watching because they wondered what the hell was going on. And you've got the temerity to well, have a go. At, I think they'd have preferred you to run with your tongue out. Uh, <laughs> at least I did something. I wasn't. I wasn't criticising Adam. I said, no, I, I criticised. It was my criticism. Yeah. For me, it, uh, my, the, 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 my favourite sort of. That, you know, that player is not a normal starting eleven. Was Ross Jenkins? Yeah, because he's come in a couple of times when, when um, Eustace has been out. But he had a stonking, brilliant game with Don Carey in the middle against Millwall, yeah. and almost yeah. he bossed that midfield. And it's like he's one of those players. I think last year when he came on, he didn't quite, you know, do what you might want him to do. And you look at me and, and you're going, oh, maybe he hasn't got it. And then he, he's not getting those opportunities. He's not getting enough games. You're thinking you're never going to develop. But actually, he came on and he's played some really great feelings and the feeling I've got all of a sudden is that yes we haven't made any low knees but we've I'm not that worried about it all of a sudden I think we've got a deeper a better squad than I thought we did the end game was always not to be reliant on on loans isn't it that's where we want to be as a as a club and you sort of get to a point sort of tutting when you see Leicester signing another low knee and 
Cardiff signing another well, you, We wouldn't want me doing that. We don't want uh, no, no, know, I agree. Kamara and all that sort of stuff, no, you know, totally paying agree. all those sort of wages. And, and it, you know, John, you make a good point about Jenkins. I think last season he, he, he wasn't at the races, really. But before that, before the season before, he looked a really good player. And yeah. I've always liked Ross Jenkins, and he came in young. He speaks very highly of him, yeah, and, and, well. <laughs> I'm sure he does. Um, and quite rightly so. But, um, yeah, I think before last season where he had a bit of a dip, yeah. and, I, and I think, you know, I, I, I've never had a problem with Ross Jenkins, and I think he's always no. been capable of a job, but he's just got back into his stride now. And, yeah. um, I think the problem and, with and Jenkins is... The problem with Jenkins is he's probably the least spectacular player Watford have ever had on their books. And least expressive in his face. <laughs> Dead serious. But, so he's one of those players, he's, a, he's, he's, a, he's business-like, you know, he gets, he's there to do a job. He's not, he's not going to be, yeah, be fancy flicks. Take note, Mr Eustace. <laughs> You're still my number one big guy, but come on. Uh, but, you know, he's not, he's not, there's not much flair around Jenkins, so perhaps when he is off the game... I don't know, I think he's got it in him. I think he's got a touch, a touch well, of... Um, about him, and he's just, um, you know, he's in there to do a job at the moment when Eustace is out or you know, he's filling in for someone, and he, and he does put himself about. And he, yeah, he, and credit to him because he's another one that's come back from a bit of stick, um, youngster who you know, other other players it might, other youngsters it might. It's hard if you if you've got a bollock in when you as a youngster you'd, you'd be finding it hard to go back in the next day. So for him to go in and, and, and boss and battle in that midfield, I think it's real credit to both him and obviously to Malky and the backroom staff who are keeping him, you know, keeping his confidence levels up and keep throwing him in there. So uh, about, quickly about, about the uh, about low knees, we we set one back. Yeah. Andros Townsend to what is well, probably a bad behaviour, a bad action well, at least. Personally, I think they sent him back for the crap interview he gave us after the Cardiff <laughs> yeah. game. Oh, yeah. so he was highly edited yeah, that was and he didn't want to ask our questions <laughs> so we uh, edited those out, but we should have kept them in there. Um, uh, but Ryman's been coming on, certainly looking snappy. Um, Fergie's boy from Man United. Injured. Has been injured and gone back. Um, but we, you know, simple, we've not been it. Did we need more loanies, Mike? No, I don't think so. I think the one, the one place that we still are lacking is is a left left sided defender. Um, that's probably the least surprising thing I'll say in this podcast. <laughs> <coughs> Obviously, we're missing we're missing A Taylor. Although he's obviously not missing us because he's saw fit to score against us uh, up at the Riverside. Yeah, and we wheel away in celebration. Yeah, yeah you, were, you were really cross about that. That, 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 was his, that was his second of a professional goal. I would think he, he might have been diving over the people on the touchline, but he would still be celebrating, surely. Yeah, at least he kept his tummy in, I suppose. Um, but so we're missing a left-sided uh, defender, and what we're hearing is that we're looking at, at plugging that gap with uh, Royce Wiggins from from Bournemouth. Yes. Deadline's now passed. It's uh, Friday the 25th as we record this, so the loading deadline's been and gone. Um, but he's looking like a permanent signing eventually if we get him, and he sounds like quite a good player. Andy, you were telling me you know Yeah, yeah, I mean, he looked, yeah, I think he started out at Palace and, um, and then went on loan to Bournemouth um, originally. And Norwich signed him. I don't think he got a game at Norwich actually, but um, he's played you know thirty odd games for Bournemouth this year. And, um, so Bournemouth are doing well this year. So they were doing. Well. They've dropped away a little bit now, but um, they're certainly doing well. And you know he seems like he's highly regarded there. With what I'm reading about um, you know Lee Bradbury not wanting him to go, and, you know yeah, it's always a good sign. All this sort of thing. Uh, they want to keep their players there. You know, it's a shame for us. He's obviously put in a transfer request. He's keen to come to us. 
who wouldn't be? Um, <laughs> quite right. But um, you know, I think you know, it is a it is a, a miss at the moment. Hence what we we're talking about with Lee Hodgson. Um, but um, you know, at the end of the day, I think uh, you know, not signing anyone, I'm not no. distraught at all. No, I think no, I think it. these guys. Some fans seem to be. They're going. I, th- I what, think it's just. What, I think it's just a. Um, you know, it's one of those things where you know transfer windows generally like, oh, who are we going to sign? Who are we going to sign? Mm. You know, it's like you expect to sign people, and it's sort of like the expectancy, and it adds a bit more excitement. Whereas if you don't sign anyone, I mean, obviously the loan window is less, you know, dramatic and uh, obvious to everybody. Yeah. But you know, you know, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, oh, you know, I'll check Sky Sports see if we sign it. But I'm not distraught that we haven't. I think the guys that are filling in, as you know, Robo J said, um, mini, 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 mini. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we've talked about, um, you know, the guys are doing all right. We've got 11 points out of the last however many games, eight yeah. games or whatever. Um, and you know, I, I think for the last eight games, you know, there's no. Why can't we do the same? From the rookery end. I think we'd all agree, lads, that what we'd like to see ultimately is a Watford team playing regularly in the Premier League. And let's not forget, we can do that right now, Watford ladies. And we're lucky enough here from the rookery end to be able to talk to Corey Daniels, who's none other than Watford ladies captain. From the rookery end. In terms of the, the league, how does it work? You know, Watford have been what, what division are Watford ladies in? Watford ladies are currently in the women's premiership, which is the highest that obviously any team can get other than the Super League. They just recently formed a Super League where teams had to bid to get into into the Super League. I think the, the money that you had to bid was uh, two hundred and fifty thousand pounds to get in as a wow. first as a first bid. Obviously, Watford couldn't financially support us with that. We didn't expect. Them to, to be honest, so yeah, we're, we're currently playing the highest that we can at the moment with no money, and we're doing we're doing all right. So although, so in that in that, in that Super League, they're all professionals. Yeah, all professionals. And then yeah. all the Watford ladies are all part. All there, they've got proper jobs elsewhere. Yeah, proper jobs. That's it. What's, that's your, all, what's your proper job? My then? proper job. I'm a post lady. Ah. Yeah, yeah, and I really enjoy it as well, and it fits in with, around football and everything, and keeps me fit as well. So, so you're playing for Watford now in the Premier League, yeah. which is good. Two little phrase that sounds good: Watford in the Premier League. So you're flag. Well done. <laughs> but what was your journey into football? Where did it all begin for you? Um, it all begun at school, to be honest. Well, literally, as soon as I could walk, I just wanted to play football. I saw my dad playing football, and I didn't have any brothers, and literally, he was he was my inspiration, and he used to go and play football, and I wanted to be part of it. So uh, I started at school, went to school. They said, sorry, you can't play, you're a girl. So my mum marched in there, and she said, <laughs> she, said Look, she can play, she wants to play. So they allowed me, finally allowed me. Then I got scouted for a team called Gillingham, because I'm originally from at the age of 16 I had a, a massive choice whether to stay on at school or go to an academy so I had the, the choices of two academies it was Charlton or Arsenal I tried for both got into both and I decided to go for Arsenal <laughs> obviously <laughs> and that was that I went to Arsenal Academy for two years which is in St Albans played for Arsenal since um, until I was 21 and then signed for signed for Watford after that and been there since so how long ago was that? that was when I was she says that 
Yeah. Then you work for mathematics to figure out her age. Uh, and you never ask a lady her age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how often, okay. how often do Watford ladies play? Uh, we play every Sunday. Okay. So obviously it doesn't coincide with the uh, with the men's game on a Saturday. We train twice a week on a Monday and on a Wednesday. So who are the sort of best players in the, in the Premier League? Good names we should be looking out for? Uh, I've got a couple in my team. We've got a goalkeeper called Chloe Crook. Yep. She's only a young girl. She's come from Barnet. I think she's 19, 20, something like that. And this is her first time in the Premiership. And she's done absolutely outstanding. We've got another girl called uh, Sarah Wiltshire. She plays on the right wing, but alternates from right to left. It's not Jack's uh, sister, is it? <laughs> Do you know what? A lot of people ask her that. But it's, not, it's not. I know, even I thought it was as well. But yeah, she's decent. She's called our, all of our goals pretty much this season. But as a whole, our whole team is, as a collective, we're all good. Yeah. Literally, we, we all work together. We all work off each other. And we've all got that connection, which I think a lot of teams don't have. The, the national game does get a little bit of a bit more um, recognition. So I guess for a ladies player at the moment, is that the, is that the main aim is to, be, is oh, to get yeah, a cap for of course it is. It's, any, it's anyone's main aim to get a cap for England. I mean, whether we, any of us will get the chance is a different story, but we keep on striving, we keep on playing the best that we can, we keep on hoping that people are watching us, like from, from the FA, from England and stuff like that, to be picked up, to, to be scouted, and who knows? One of us, hopefully. The, um, the, the men's team's quite well-known in the press for a lot of young lads from the academy. What's yeah. like in the women's game? Because I think we've got quite a good well, girls' team The girls, girls have been up. through a lot of young lads and in the <laughs> Because yeah, the Watford girls setup is quite good. You get a lot of girls coming yeah. through breaking into the first team. To be honest, it's pretty much the same as the uh, men's and boys setup. We have an uh, academy setup. We have um, a school of excellence. So we start from under tens all the way up to under fourteens. That's girls. Uh, the FA fund that. So obviously that's their financial back in the FA. Then it goes once the under sixteens are finished, it goes to reserves and the academy because we've now set up an academy. Uh, and then obviously it progresses to the first team, like pretty much the same as the men. You play on a Sunday. Yeah. Where, where do you, where do, where do the games play? We play at Northwood FC on a Sunday, two o'clock kickoff. So anyone that wants to come down, please come down and support us because we are decent <laughs> and <laughs> we've got quite a few good-looking girls. <laughs> So yeah, come down, please, please. You've obviously had quite a sort of varied career already. Yeah. Played for a few clubs. So yeah. you, what are your what are your highlights playing for those teams? I won the FA Cup, played in the FA Cup final with Arsenal. That was against Leeds. Played in the Champions League with Arsenal as well. And went all over the place. Went to uh, Germany, Denmark, Tunisia. Went everywhere. Yeah, it was brilliant. So the, the Champions League mirrors the the men's. Yeah, yeah. And how did you do that? Uh, well, apparently this season you have to finish in the top two. Right. I don't know whether the Super League teams are going to be involved in that. I can't see why not, obviously, because they're superior to us. Supposedly. Supposedly, yeah. <laughs> Supposedly, I totally agree. I mean, my aim my this season was obviously to finish in the top two. I wanted to be the top two easily because we knew that Sunderland this season was going to be our main target because they were in the FA Cup final last season, I think, against Arsenal. And they're decent. They're really, really good. I mean, but I've just drawn too many games this season and... 
I don't know, I just, I don't know what it is. Maybe the same as the men's. We just, just need to score. Yeah. I mean, because we're keeping a tight back line and everything. We just need more goals. A forward, if there's anyone out there. <laughs> <laughs> what are you after? A tall one or a nippy shooter <laughs> it one? It doesn't matter. As long as they can score goals. So we're, what, we're third, second, third week in March at the moment. Yeah. When, how long have you left in the season? We have currently got three games left. We've got uh, Nottingham Forest home and away and Leeds away. So, I mean, they're crucial games for us. We need to win them. We need to get nine points out of them and then we'll be comfortable. Not as high up the table as I want to be or the rest of the girls want to be, but we'll have to take it take it on the chin and obviously improve for next season. And I really believe that we will. Not only are we in the company of a of a football star, we're also in the company of a TV star. Gary, <laughs> can you explain? Well, last weekend we did a feature. Me and four other friends did a feature on uh, Soccer AM called The Best Seat in the House. I am fortunate enough to live at uh, Vicarage Road. Living the dream. Living, living the, the dream. Living the dream. My <laughs> penthouse, I like to call it. <laughs> Overlooks the entire pitch. And yeah, we did a feature of The Best Seat in the House. Obviously, we've got the best seat in the house. I've got the best seat in the house. And it was absolutely brilliant. Uh, is, 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 it, is that seat, is that a recliner? Is it, uh, is it a deck chair? No, it's a corner sofa. <laughs> From the rookery end, get involved. Go to facebook.com forward slash rookery end. So we've got a guest guest uh, co-presenter on the podcast today. My brother Andy's uh, manfully stepped in for, for Jason. Welcome. Now we all, not for fans, we, we adore Watford. Yeah. And Andy, you, you love Watford, don't you? I do. And I you do. took steps to prove this. I did. I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I'm uh, on, slightly embarrassed. Slightly embarrassed. But uh, I am partial to a pack of Rolos. Not as many as my brother, because he is slightly more rotund than yeah. me. <laughs> but uh, I did take a pack of Rolos to a Watford game as a uh, half-time snack. Yeah. And uh, I couldn't help but what was the in game? tradition. What was the game? I can't remember the game, to okay. be honest. I was too, my, my love was... It, it blinded me from, from all what was going on. But uh, I did actually take the step in my last roller, as is... As is tradition and promoted by uh, Nestle I believe uh, to give your last Rolo to somebody you love so what did you do with your last Rolo Andy? I threw it on the pitch he threw it, I on, threw the it on the pitch he didn't just throw it on the pitch, he neatly wrapped it in the, in the gold foil that Rolo was coming and then he chucked it on the pitch had a little moment to himself looked around Strode off into the sunset, knowing <laughs> that he declared his love. Him and Watford FC for that moment were at one. It was the. Um, it, I don't know whether to be proud, <laughs> upset, or just completely sort of. I must admit, I must, I must say, it's not. It wasn't uh, for all stewards or anybody who's listening or anybody connected with Watford. It was not a missile. <laughs> it was just through love. It didn't, it didn't last long. I think Paddy Kenny was in goal and he wolfed it down <laughs> yeah. almost immediately. <laughs> All right, Robo Jace. <laughs> what are we talking about now? So we're at the business end of the season, and that includes the awards. We'll soon be allowed to vote for Watford's Player of the Season, Goal of the Season, etc. Player of the Season, I think it's a banker, isn't it, guys? We've got a striker who scored seven goals in seven games earlier in the season. He's now on a run of six in six. 23 league goals. He's five ahead of his nearest rival in that division, Shane Long. And of course, 2010 Watford's table tennis champion. So, is Danny Graham a shoo-in for the award, or is there someone else? 
Has Martin Taylor impressed you guys? Rock at the back, played every minute of every game so far. What about Johnny East in the middle? Captain, leader, what do you guys think? And are there any other awards that you think Danny deserves for this season? I mean, it is a bit sad. He, not sad, it's a great thing, but I don't like when you know who's going to be the... Yeah, you want, uh, oh, who could get it, who might get it, oh, who's going to be the player of the season? He deserves it and he's, he's going to get it. Does and he it, deserve it? And then, well, that, can I just also go on record on saying, well done, Jason, for picking the most obvious answer <laughs> again. Robot or no robot, I mean, jeez, come on, turn a bit of imagination, man. But, um, oh, yeah, I mean, and, and almost you'd, you'd say, you know, his standoutness gave us a few extra points that got us at where we were. Especially because we're talking about supporting a club where I think, I think, and I might be wrong, and Jason Mike will correct me when he gets back, if he gets back. But I think once Luther Blissett was the leading scorer for Watford with six goals in the season. Or something like that. Really? Yeah, I'm sure of it. We've been through years where our leading scorer hasn't got into double figures. He's barely into second half of ten. But talking about Luther, Danny is now equaling four goals away from beating his Luther's season total of six. Should he should he, should he do that or should he go I'm going to stop scoring I'm going to stop scoring to respect for Luther or should he go for it Andy? Well for me um you know, it's not a, it's not a foregone conclusion that Danny's going to be player of the season. Controversial. For me, he hasn't scored quite enough goals. <laughs> but um, yeah, okay, okay, okay. if not him, then if not him, then Andy, who are you going to? I go for um, uh, more defensive option of Mariapo, who has been a uh, you know ever present, consistent performer, apart from his red card on Saturday. Bad boy, Mariapo. Bad boy, Mariapo. Um, but other than that, I think he's been great. And he, he throughout his um, career at Watford, he sort of filled in here and there. And now he's, you know, he fills in as captain when uh, Super Johnny uses it out. Um, so he's, he's, he's a big part of the club. And I think I think this season, a massive part in, in, um, in the, in the defence. Um, and, and for me, he's a, he's a, he's a big performer and, and an important player for us. So uh, I'm thinking about him. Well, for me, he's... But my, my word for Mariette will be blossomed. Yeah, he's blossomed? Come out, you sound blossomed. like a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he's, he's, come out, he's come out the shadow of Jay Demerit and people focusing on Jay Demerit at the back there. Um, even Martin Taylor there, he's starting to shine. He's starting I think to come the through. important thing, though, is that we haven't missed Jay Demerit. I, think, yeah, I, no, I, yeah. I don't feel like we've missed him. So, you know, in that respect, I think, well done, AD, you've, you've, you've done a good job there. And, and, you know, fair play to him. Good. My man is going to be... Uh, my other man who my man, man, man. will be, uh, will be uh, Don Carey is he um, blossoming too? <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, he's he's adaptive I mean the, the, the biggest thing recently for him was when he filled in the middle because he signed didn't he as a mid midfielder central midfielder um, but he's, he's been stung out in the wing and he, him and Jenkins in the middle when Eustace was, was uh, on his suspension was absolutely fantastic and if you look at the games that we've won and the games when we uh, bad spells, who's been missing? What bit of the jigsaw? It's the little corner. It's a little bit right in the middle. Rocking. It's, <laughs> it's Don Carey. Yeah. I think the beauty of, of Don Carey is that he's. Hey, oh, he's you're at it now. The beauty of Don Carey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I got myself involved with this. <laughs> the the, uh, the wonderful thing about. Uh, <laughs> about Tom Carey is that he's, re- he's a very, very intelligent footballer. I think that's clear yes. to see. 
but also he's in, he's really industrious. He works really, really hard, uh, and I think he reaps the benefits of that. He's um, like I say, he's been a big part of Watford's uh, Watford's success, and he has invariably been there during Watford's better performances. But, we, but we, you can't have him. I've picked him. He's mine. You can't have who, him. Who, you can't have who are you going to pick for your other worse. man <laughs> player of the season? Who are you well, pick? I'm special, <laughs> yeah. so I'm going to go for two, two players. So I'll be right. Go on then. Twice as quick, but yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm going to stay, stay on Andy's theme, a bit of brotherly um, support. Defensively, Martin Taylor has been absolutely phenomenal. And I think perhaps he's played a big part in Mariapa um, blossoming so much. <laughs> um, having a guy like him alongside him it can only be a good thing. He's an absolute enormous unit. He's not going to lose anything in the air. And the other, the other fantastic thing about Taylor is that he covers a lot of ground as well. He bombs forward. I don't know. He must back himself to score a book before every this, game. This year, this year is his highest goal tally in his career. Martin Taylor, Martin Taylor, put your head on. You see him, you see him. He, 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 at certain points, he just, he's almost, his eyes go red and he just yeah. puts his head down and he just steams forward. He, but he, but and, that, and that gets me off my seat a little. Have you seen how he rolls his arms? Yeah, he does. When, yeah. He, when, he, when he runs, he, yeah, he, he can't runs. Run. He, run, he run. When he runs, he looks like a broken bike. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like a, when a when a wheel's bent. <laughs> so, so Martin, if you're listening, that is definitely. Funny. Forgive me for this time, but he is slightly wristed as well when he's slightly feminine, yeah. He'd but, be in with you guys, you'd, be, you'd have a right old party, well, he, you lot. He's only blossomed <laughs> in a striking ability. But he powers forward, um, and like you say, Andy, he is, he's been getting people off his seat. He reminds me of Sol Campbell in his, in his prime, just box to box, he's just he's fierce. And we've had him on from the rookery end. Yes. Great guy as well, lovely yeah, guy. Um, thinks a lot about his football, thinks a lot of Watford, and just a good guy to have in the team. So, so we've got, who have we got? I've got Mary Apper. I've got Don, Don Cowie. You said, well, who's, who's number two then? My number, oh, yeah, of course. I'm allowed to, that's right. I'm number two in I'm a positive way. Here. Jason's away, so I'm the eldest, so I'm pulling rank. <laughs> Second is, he hasn't played quite as much, but Will Buckley is one of the most exciting players that we've seen at Watford for a long time, I think. Danny Graham, crikey, his, some of his finishing has been absolutely immense. Certainly through the second half of the season, the Millwall game especially, I love yeah. that finish. So nothing away from, from Danny Graham, but Will Buckley is really, Andy, you mentioned get, get a player that can get you off your seat. Will Buckley's that. I mean, during that, that purple patch we had when we won 312 games in a row, um, Buckley was really on fire then, dancing down the wing. Um, eventually, clubs got wise to him and absolutely hammered him, and that's why he hasn't been playing the last I couple of games. Him, I can see him, though. <coughs> I can see him being next year's player of the season. I think this is really being a development, establishing year for him in the championship. And next year he'll just he'll fly. You know, he can, he'll fly even more. And what and what a great thing that we're talking about, Mariapa, who's come through the youth team, and then we're talking about Don Cowie, Martin Taylor, and Will Buckley, all players. Well, and Danny Graham, all players that, that Malky signed for the club. Yeah. For not very much money. I know we got a little bit stung on Danny Graham with the, um, what's it called? The Puther got got uh, Cowie in. Did he? Oh, yeah, I don't yeah. He may have done. But I, well, well, okay then, well, at least. Bravo. So, but anyway, so at least Buckley, let's, let's talk, uh, Buckley and Cowie. Buck, 
Buckley Graham. Buckley Graham and Taylor were certainly Mackay signings. Yeah, so it's great that we're talking about players. You know, he's shown <coughs> he's shown not only he can he can keep the team going, that he's a positive, nice guy. Um, he's won a lot of admirers outside Watford, Malky, this season, which is something that's another thing we can be proud of, the conduct of our manager. Um, but how fantastic that we're talking about signings he's brought in as potential players of the year. And in answer to your original question, John, yes, I think Danny Graham should go after Luther Brissett's record and um, score as many as he bloody can. Yeah, 30's, <laughs> got, to the, 30's got to be the goal. Okay, yeah. We'll, we'll tweet him 30. Or else we're after it. Or else. And, yeah. <laughs> or else, yeah. From the rookery end. Away. I'm Watford Gold Machine Danny Graham. My new product is all you'll need for your next birthday, wedding, or even bar mitzvah present. Graham's personalised vests. For just 50 quid, I'll send you one of me special off-weight vests. I'll even write a unique message on the front with me black marker pen. It could be a present for your missus. Here you go, baby. I got this for our anniversary. A white vest? No, look on the front, my sweet. You're a canny lass. Oh, baby, it's what I've always wanted, a Danny Graham personalised vest. Oh, that joy for just 50 quid. And what about a birthday present for your nan? Here you go, nan. Happy birthday. Oh, a nice vest. What does this special vest say? Happy 83rd birthday, nan. This will keep you warm next winter. Oh, how thoughtful. And if you order now and pay an extra 20 quid, I'll send you a black felt tip so you can change it yourself next year and give it to your nan again. They never remember year to year anyways. Order now. Go to www.grahamsvests.com Graham's Personalised Vests Aye, and look out for those imitation Danny Graham vests. Especially if that Troy Deeney tries to sell you one. He keeps taking credit for my stuff. Email the boys. Podcast at fromtherookeryend.com My favourite thing about doing this podcast, Mike, is the fact that we get emails and we get we get people contacting us. Yeah. Who are, Do you need Viagra? <laughs> <laughs> Russian bribes. <laughs> Your American Express bill is now online to view. I love those bloody emails. John, wonderful. We get them from around the world and from Watford fans who, you know what, we're not, we wouldn't normally meet. Yep. And we were honoured to meet two guys from Denver. Yeah, fantastic. Curtis and Jeff, they're part of the, well, a big part of the, the Denver Horns. Yes. Um, a little pocket of uh, Watford fans across the pond in America. Um, and they came over the, uh, in the weeks, in the days leading up to the Sheffield United game. Um, we were obviously treated to a barnstorming performance there, um, and we were we were lucky enough to catch up with them after the game. We heard their story. We spent a, a lovely evening in the West Hart Football Club. Uh, an evening that turned into a night drinking Watford, uh, uh, drinking beer, talking Watford, talking football. Um, and um, just, I mean, I couldn't tell it. My most enjoyable thing about it was I would never have met these men yeah. if it wasn't for what's the football. Club, the main part of it. And when we met them, we asked them a question 
they're from Denver. In fact, Jeff's from New Zealand originally. He's really mixed up. Yeah. <laughs> um, listen, listen to his voice in a second. He's a really mixed up voice. We've never met them. We asked their story. How did you become a Watford Football Club fan? So I grew up in New Zealand, and like around 1980, everyone's picking teams. And we used to watch Big League Soccer. Do you have Big League Soccer here? Right. It was like a one-hour highlight show in the 80s. And everyone, and we watched it on Sundays. It's the only English football we saw. It was on Sunday morning. And everyone's picking like Man U, Liverpool. They weren't picking Chelsea, because Chelsea was crap then. And then like Tottenham. And then I picked Watford, for whatever reason. What year was this again? It had to be 81, 82. And then Watford came out on a summer tour. But why did you pick Watford though? I think that because they, they were like they were new, they just got promoted, or okay. and they were kind of different. Because I'm not really. It's easy to pick the Yankees, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know. So I picked them. They were different. And I, I think as a kid, I think I liked yellow, and they were wearing yellow. I'm like, oh. And then they came out to New Zealand in '82 for three matches, and New Zealand just qualified for the '82 World Cup. So as a kid, I got to see them play. So it's kind of neat to see your two favorite teams play each other, and it'll never happen again. But So the team came out without John Barnes, and I remember Luther Blissett scored, and I think potentially Kenny Jackett might have got the other goal. I think Matt from Be Happy would tell me the correct stat. <laughs> we can watch four or five Watford games a season, depending how well they're doing. If they're not doing well, we're not going to see many, but so support, that's about So supporting Watford from literally miles, miles, miles away, do, do you still feel the same sort of passion that we feel? You mean, you've been to a game today, do you still oh, feel... yeah. I mean, it's still like... For me, it's like watching the scores come through. It's just like, they're up 1-0. It's like, yeah. And then it's kind of like, they're down 2-1. It's like, <laughs> Well, I started uh, following football after the 94 World Cup in the US. So that got me interested. It worked. Despite, it did actually. Despite yeah. Diana Ross. Despite Diana Ross. <laughs> and being in America is easy. It's easiest and most convenient to follow Premier League teams. Obviously, it's get the most coverage. So I came over here to uh, see a Tottenham match. That game was on a Sunday or a Saturday. It got moved to Sunday, which opened up Saturday to see to see a match. And the only match that was clear nearby was Watford. So um, ended up ended up getting a ticket coming up here and. I met Steve, his brother David, and his dad. And um, where did you meet them? Here at the, at the West Hurts uh, Football Club. They um, they basically just took me under uh, their wing and made me part, made me feel like part of the Watford family. Um, to this day, I I don't know where my ticket was that day because I was I was sitting in the rookery somewhere. But Steve and everybody said they made room. I sat with them. And who were Watford players that day? Crystal Palace. Did we win? Yes. Excellent. If I'm not mistaken, Marlon King scored. Yeah. So when, 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 when was that? When was that? I believe it was uh, November. November 10th or November 9th, 2007. It is a club. It's the club. It's the people. And that's really what Watford's about to me. It's it's not only when a chance that I come here and the people I meet and the experience I have. It's the um, online community that um, I feel like I'm, I'm part of in many ways and that makes me feel attached to the club. So let's be clear, you came over and you had tickets for a Tottenham game. Yes. They were playing on Sunday. Yes. Nothing else better to 
do than to come and watch Watford. So yes. that's why you support Watford. They're second best. But, 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 you know, fell in love with the club, the experience. W- went to uh, Tottenham the next day, and uh, it was... <laughs> you know, I've just been coming back ever since. So Watford was your first football match in yes. England? Yes, it was. First match, first love. A podcast by Watford fans for Watford fans. From the rookery end. So, Danny Graham is presumably a shoo-in for player of the year. Player of the year elect. And one of the other top formers we've had this year, Adrian Mariapa. Absolutely. And those guys were lucky enough to have an interview with us. <laughs> oh, the privilege. Sorry. There was a queue of Watford players, and they were at the front going, <laughs> We were lucky enough to grab yeah, some time yeah. with, with Danny and AD just before Christmas this year, so the back end of 2010. Um, this was before Danny Graham had won the uh, Table Tennis Championship and before his glut of um, messages on vests under shirts. So back in, uh, just before Christmas 2010, this is what we uh, we heard from Danny and Lady Mary you're both, you're both relatively young. Well, younger than us anyway. It's being professional football as good as we all think it is. Personally, I would say it is, yes. Um, <laughs> you know, it is tough like, times like now where you've got Christmas coming up and you train Christmas days, but, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. And, you know, as a young boy growing up, that's all I wanted to do is play football. And thankfully enough, I've, I've managed to do that so far. Same as Dan, you know, it's, when you're a little kid, you know, six and seven, you're seeing guys on the TV playing. That's, that's what you want to do. And, you know, to, to have that as your job, to be doing that day in, day out, you know, we're very fortunate and, um, you know, just try and make the most of it. So for the rest of us, like normal blokes, is there anything that isn't as good as we think it is? Is there anything that can make us feel better? The running side. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all part and parcel, you know. Like we said, we wouldn't have it any other way and it's a, it is a dream job, I suppose. Danny, you're all about scoring goals. What's the favourite goal you've ever scored and your favourite goal that you've ever seen? Favourite goal I've ever scored was West Brom last year, the volley, because um, that's my first goal outside the box ever, so I was happy with that one. Best goal I've ever seen, got to be Messi's a couple of years ago, when he's dribbled from the halfway line and went around the keeper, Maradona-esque, um, you know, I think that's the best goal I've ever seen. Who was your first sporting football hero as a kid? Alan Shearer, Newcastle boy growing up, you know, he was my idol sort of thing, you know, and someone I looked up to and, you know, still do. Adrian, talk about him scoring goals. For you, obviously your job as a defender is to stop me going in. Do you prefer scoring a goal or putting in a goal-saving tackle? The feeling you get from it is, is quite similar. You know, when you make a tackle, that's you know stop them scoring or you know preventing a, a good opportunity. You know, it's a good feeling, and the lads get round you the same way. But um, obviously, you need to get three points on the board, and end of the day, you got to do that by scoring goals. So it's a, it's a great feeling, and you know that's why the strikers get all the accolades at the end of the day. But you know, it's a team thing, and. You know, I take great pride in, in defending, and um, you know, because I was shoved back there when I was younger. And I can't really get out of it now. <laughs> so did you, so you said you, when you were younger, did you play out fun? Then? I started as a yeah attacking midfielder, stroke striker when I came to Watford at eight years old, and because uh, I was quite tall, they shoved me at centre back and um, hit about 14, and I hadn't grown much. So it was like, well, can't really play there anymore. I have to play full back, but uh, I've managed to, to you know stick it out and stay at centre off. So when you see Danny and Marvin Skynam in training, you think <laughs> I'm, I'm the first one to get onto. <laughs> well, so, um, you know, Danny's got a favourite goal he's ever scored, and you've scored goals. But have you got the most satisfying tackle you've ever made? Yeah, I made. Uh, there was uh, one in the Premiership season. Um, oh, drop uh, the Premiership. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
Aston Villa away and Cross comes in from the I was playing right back at the time Cross came in from the left hand side and um, Milan Barros was going to tap in he's about a yard out and I've managed to come in from the other side and gone wide uh, should have been a corner we got a goal kick out of it as well so <laughs> that was probably my I've got a good picture of it at home as well oh, if Milan Barros probably wasn't going to would have missed it anyway <laughs> have you ever taken a goal that maybe you know it was just a little light deflection that maybe was your you've, you've taken the, the credit for it <laughs> yeah everyone <laughs> no I don't think I have I, all the goals I've scored I've, you know, I've, oh I'll tell a lie yes I have I was at Carlisle in the uh, playoff semi-final uh, we played Leeds away and Simon Ackney's uh, had a volley from outside the box and I've actually tried to get out of the way of it and it took me backside and went in so yes I have <laughs> and guys, the question to both of you guys if you had to pick a Watford five-side team who would you pick if you pick the, the, what you think is the ultimate five-a-side football team if you got Watford and you've yeah. got in the world I'll go Watford like I say it's tough for the keepers if you make me pick one obviously Scott Lodge is number one mm. in a minute so I'll have to stick with that I'd go for two at the back I would have Mr Marietta for his, for his pace and Andrew Taylor for five aside he's very good in the ball midfield who would I have in midfield Bucko yeah. you know, I think Bucko would be perfect for five aside gliding past people obviously have me, myself a front <laughs> <laughs> to get a few tap-ins so that would be my five aside team cool in goal, I think I'd have a Van der Sar because he's equally as good with his feet as he is with his hands. True. At the back, I'd have PK because you know he's great, great on the ball as well. I think I'd have Danny Alves with him. I think because yeah, I think he's got the record for most passes in a game or something at Barcelona, oh, and he's a defender as well. I was just going to end up naming a Barcelona team. I think. <laughs> I'd have Iniesta, Xavi, and Messi. <laughs> Whoever you know, Danny's team is always going to be in trouble, isn't it? Yeah. I think when you watch Barcelona, it's like they're playing a five-a-side anyway, isn't it? Yeah, it's One of the biggest pains for us Watford supporters is having to stay up to watch football league shows. It feels like it's on about two o'clock in the morning. Do you boys ever stay up and watch it? Yeah, we do, to be honest. I think every footballer stays up to watch it. You know, everyone takes great interest in all the leagues. Well, I do personally, so we asked the open, you know, watch match of the day and uh, followed by the football league show, which you say is on the death o'clock in the morning. You don't just stay up just to watch when you scored a goal? No, I watch every week. No, <laughs> okay. It's not just one of them ones where, you know, tape my goals. No, it's not one of them. Um, you got a big stack of DVDs yeah. in the house <laughs> yeah. saying, I've got the goals yeah. every time someone comes home. No, it's not like that. It's <laughs> like I say, I'm interested in, you know, most leagues. Um, I don't just watch all the English. I watch, uh, obviously, the Spanish because, you know, some of the football, Barcelona and the other players as really good to watch so Aidy you don't give it a swear if you've made a horror tackle not that you do very often or <laughs> no no I do I watch it and I just cringe as I make those mistakes <laughs> but yeah I'm same as Dan you know I'll, I'll watch match of the day and you want to watch you know goals from other games in your league and you know obviously you know people that are playing in the leagues as well so um, you want to see if they've uh, scored any goals or made any mistakes themselves as well. Do you actually watch anything out, you know, other television at home that isn't football or is it literally just Sky Sports? I've got no choice sometimes because the missus likes to watch herself <laughs> and, uh, but you know if there's a game on send her to a room and <laughs> watch a football but going on watching stuff I, I have got one thing taped and it was uh, Soccer M first day of the season after Norwich and Someone got a taxi, I think, uh, first taxi of the season. I'm missing an open goal, but that's it. 
<laughs> what happened there? Um, like I said, you know, I'm there to stop goals going in. <laughs> and, um, I think I just, you know, thought I was at the wrong end there and put it wide. I thought I was, you know, doing us a favor. It was instinct, human instinct. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, we'll put it down to that. <laughs> talking, talking of your attacking side of the game, we've heard you've got a bit of a duel going on with Lloyd. Have you got any bets this season on uh... Other people say we haven't a duel. It's, it's not a duel because <laughs> we're never going to score as many goals. He's got to put up to take his money from him. It's taken him this long to get one goal in his career. So, um, to be fair to Lloyd, I want him to score goals and do well and that. But yeah, I'd be gutted if he scores more than me. <laughs> no, I think probably last one. Daniel, I think you've got the record for the quickest Watford goal. That's my understanding anyway. If there's one faster than that, I'd want to know about it. If you had to try and break another world record, what would it be? The, obviously, the goal against Millsville was just one of them things. You know, Opportunist. Yes, it was, it, was, it was just totally one of them. You know, he hasn't looked in a bunch to get the... Is that the quickest goal of all time? For Watford? For Watford? Yeah. For Watford. I think that's a lot, because uh, he passed it to him, it was actually his mate. So <laughs> oh. we're, not, we're not talking about Indian uh, cricket, uh, are well, we? Well. <laughs> How did that feel, Danny, scoring against, uh, against Middlesbrough? Was that, does, does that feel better, scoring against a, um, a former club, or is it just another goal for you? A, a bit of both. You know, at the end of the day, Middlesbrough gave me my chance to play in a professional game, so when I left there, there was no hard feelings, and, you know, it's just another goal, and I'm pleased to score against anyone. You've bought yourself some time there, so your world record attempt is going to be... Quickest hat trick ever, I'm going to go for next. Okay. First person to score 10 goals in a game. <laughs> <laughs> He said any records. He said any records. Danny's voice just oozes goals, doesn't it? Voice oozes goals? Yeah. Go on. Yeah, I really hope he hasn't he doesn't listen to this podcast or the past podcast where we, we've got my friend Tim to voice him as a high-pitched Geordie in the little things that we do that we kind of call comedy. We're in the podcast 10. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for downloading. Just generally, this whole year, it's been amazing with how many of you have downloaded the podcast. Make sure you you give us some feedback and you tell us what you want, what you don't want, what you don't like, uh, how much, you know, whatever. Just, Just tell us how things are going. Andy, how can they get in touch with us? Well... You can drop us an email at podcast at fromtherookeryend.com. When you say us, it's actually me, Jason and John. You won't get to see those emails just yet, Andy. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> you can also get in touch um, on our Facebook group, which is www.facebook.com forward slash rookeryend. And if you are the uh, blog reader, then make sure you listen, have a read of our blog posts on the sort of Sort of website, you want to call it? Uh, from hey, it's the a Rook- website, oh. com. Don't well, do it down, John. It is a wonderful piece of work. Go there, there's loads of stuff that we've written throughout the year. So go and have a look there. And please, please buy a match day program. We have a column in there from the Rookery End, dedicated page. Um, page 63, I think, on average, 63. Like that. About 63. And autographs are available. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So buy a program, have a look, have a read. Anything you want us to talk about, get in touch podcast at fromtherookeryend.com we love to hear from you eight games left can we do it of course we can of course we can come on you all